0: Welcome to Experiencing Consciousness. My name is Jan Deba.
1: And I'm Dr. Katherine Rossi. We're happy you're here.
0: Okay, so I think we're I think we're in.
1: Great.
0: We did it for the second time. That's a great success. Absolutely. Okay, so basically, uh, we are. First of all, we're waiting for any questions that you may have, all all the people that are watching us. But we are we're gonna start with two that were asked before prior to the to to today's live uh, event. One is uh, actually uh, um, one question was uh, if hypnosis can help me with the grieving pro with the grief process when someone dies when someone passes away can hypnosis actually help me deal with that That's the one, and then the other question is uh, it's asked uh, yeah by someone else. Uh, that's the question about uh, what about uh, the dependence of a client on a therapist uh, when it comes to hypnosis and such a strong bound and contact because hip- since hypnosis goes very deeply into the you know, realms of unconscious or very deeply into our own uh, personality or uh, or experiencing then it also creates a bound and what about dependence of the patient on therapist and their own, their own like you know s- um will to do whatever they want and stuff like that so these are two questions that we have basically that we can start with what What would you like to start with
1: well um uh, because i um am so interested in grief i'll start with the second question first
0: with uh, the first one with the, with the one about the grief
1: no no the one about dependence oh because- all right because it's a shorter answer. Okay. So, so what's, what's interesting is that sometimes people do need to have somebody that they bounce their ideas off of. And by that, I mean the mirror neuron connection that you have with someone that's really listening to you and really cares. That's what creates the, the bond between therapist and client. And it's not just the listening. It, it moves um, into you know the, the simpatico connection. And with mirror neurons, um, like, like now, um, Jan, your mirror neurons are probably mimicking mine. And even though we are not thinking exactly the same, we're becoming in sync. We're becoming in tune. And so for clients that don't have very much of that in their life, Yes, they're going to want to stay with therapy because they get that kind of feedback. And this is, this is not on the conscious level. So when you think about hypnosis, uh, largely hypnosis is not on that linear word level. It goes to mm-hmm. multiple levels simultaneously. And so depending on how one is comfortable within themselves to allow the process to continue without the therapist, that mitigates you know, this dependency or so-called dependency. So um, my feeling is that when somebody really needs that kind of connection, oh, enjoy it because it's going to be brief. You know, because what you want for your client is you want them to be happy. You want them to be independent. And if you follow what was what is my favorite paper that Erickson wrote and was certainly uh, my husband, Ernest Rossi's favorite paper is uh, the burden of effective psychotherapy lies on the client. And so with you as a therapist, that is constantly supporting the the individuation and independence of your client they'll they'll get that so they're to me they're not going to be dependent forever um and so i i take a very generous kind of approach to this in my work uh, it's almost always brief that people come they get what they need in you know um a session or two or three or four or dozen or whatever. And then what I say is when you need me, give me a call and, you know, and we can have another session. And so I I think that depending on how you foster independence mm-hmm. and that belief, Erickson always had the belief that you had the resources on the inside of you to solve your problems. I believe that too. I also know that Sometimes you need uh, uh, you need to have it come from the outside, and that's where a therapist is golden. Is this making sense to you?
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking. So, uh, so how 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 would you say uh, what what would you say is the best way to promote independence within a client in a contact uh, such deep as hypnotic? where, you know, people, sometimes people actually do follow the suggestions and they can, uh, how, to, uh, how to balance that with, you know, being independent and doing things on your own?
1: It involves on the behalf of the therapist to ask questions that don't have easy answers. And it can be as simple, you know, uh, a, a post-hypnotic suggestion and I wonder what you'll do with that this week. Now, you're not asking them in the moment to answer the question, but you're planting the seed that they're going to continue the work on their own. So this is, this is one of the ways. The other way is that as you're working with someone and they've just reached a realization, however big, however small, and you just bathe in that for a few minutes with them. It's like, wow, you really came to that, didn't you? And you know, and, and they're in trance, right? So they're just going to nod. They're not going to say, "Yes, doctor, I did." You know, it's not going to be like that. But you know, in in all along of knowing that they have this wonderful capacity. You know, how will this grow? What will you dream tonight? Will it take you a step further? So um, I never encounter resistance in any of my clients because I know that they can do it. Which is, you know, that's not the question that's being asked. But when you think about that. You know, when someone is dependent, often it's because they're frightened about something. Well, what are they frightened about? Do they even know? They might not. And what a wonderful thing to respect because all of it is that person's growing edge. So I get excited about all of it. That as far as I'm concerned, every emotion is a good emotion. I don't see them as positive or negative. I see them as communications to help move people to a new place that hopefully has more comfort.
0: And what follows is another question that I have. How, how do you actually, um, you know, or how... Uh, Together with the client, you actually um, uh, notice that it's a proper time to end the therapy. Is it all only the, the decision of a client on the side of on the part of the client, or is it joint? Or and how does it happen most of the time?
1: Well, um, you know, most of the time, I think it happens that that the client is the one that gets this this sense. And it's usually on the inside of themselves, you know, where they feel like this profound peacefulness. They feel confident. They feel like they can move forward from wherever it is that they've been, that they're not frightened anymore and uh, they're not confused. Or maybe they're a little confused, a little frightened, but it's enough that um, they, they feel like they want to try it on their own. And so that's usually the case. And then there's this question, it's like, well, then I wonder if instead of scheduling next week, would you like to wait two weeks to come in? Like, you know, if it's a long-term client and they're not sure, they think they are, but they're not sure. So it's not just this, okay, see ya. You know, it's it's more of, um, of listening and making it to be gradual. And then they, they might say, uh, and then you can even say, and in two weeks, If you feel like, you know, I really already have what I need, you can give me a call, you know, the day before and say, you know what, I'm good. Um, But when it comes from them, that's what really matters. Now, sometimes there's situations where, you know, you really feel that the client is finished or you've taken them as far as you can. And under those circumstances, I think it's ethical to, uh, to say to them, you know, I think I've taken you as far as I can. We seem to be repeating our sessions, and I'm not sure you're getting all that you need from it. I wonder what you'd like to do about that, if you'd like to continue with me, or you'd like to try it alone, or you might want to try another therapist that I could help you to find. It's just, you know, um, you know, compassionate. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, but, you know, if a a person is repeating themselves of the same thing and I'm not watching them grow, it's like, well, you know, I mean, it happens so rarely. But I've been at this for a lot of years. And so, you know, that that happens from time to time. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how I've dealt with it. And to say also, you know, you can come back. You know, I'm not telling you, you know, to go. Um, but what I'm saying is I think that that it's, it's time for you to open up to new horizons. And then they make up their mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you say that I went through my uh, experience and whenever it happens in my practice and I ask those questions uh, and I highlight that and, you know, exactly say the things that you said it most of the times i mean i would say always something good comes out of it mm-hmm. there's a there's a in there's an insight a meaningful conversation and you know either we set some new goals or, or we come to the conclusion that that's it for now or you know most of the times some progress happens occurs occurs with with that
1: well and i had the experience in um uh, when I got into graduate school, I don't know if this is still true in these days, but um, I was really required to go to psychotherapy to make sure uncover everything. So there were some things to uncover and um, that were had been forgotten by me. you know, it's like Im- really important traumas. What they are is not important uh, to, you know today. And um, so the uncovering happened, and my therapist said, okay, you're done. You've uncovered it. And I looked at her and I said, I don't feel done. And she said, oh, no, no, you're done, you're done. What <laughs> happened? And, and she stopped the therapy. So this is like a very interesting subject to me. And um, I wasn't done, it wasn't integrated yawn. I had all the pieces, but it wasn't integrated. And I had to do that on my own. And I'll tell you what, if she would have seen me two or three more times, It would have been integrated then. And um, so I'm very sensitive to this issue of the most important thing we do as therapists is to listen. That's the most important thing that we do is to listen with sensitivity. Now I understand the four-stage creative process. And she stopped as soon as we got to the aha. And she said, that's it, you're done. And she was emphatic about it. And that was it. I was done with her um, Mm -hmm. from her point of view. And then I was not welcome to come back. And I saw her for about two years. It was not a short therapy. So um, I just encourage, it's like, be who you are, be yourself, be compassionate. But, um, But therapy is not forever. It's just not forever. And independence and freedom is a wonderful thing.
0: This was another episode of our Experiencing Consciousness podcast. Thank you for being with us.
1: Thank you, Jan. You're the best. Be well, be happy, celebrate life.